Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Sweater Weather, a Chicago Blackhawks podcast. This episode is going to be a little bit different from others. Uh, you probably saw from the title of this episode that we are going to be talking about Avengers Endgame, and we are going to be spoiling this movie. So if you've not seen it and you care about spoilers, you should turn this off right now. You've been warned. You've been warned. We're doing this episode because uh, Abe is going to be unavailable for a couple of weeks, and we don't even know if there's going to be any Hawks news to talk about. So we're going to put this out. We're going to pre-record this, and then we're going to put it out uh, probably like probably like a week after uh, the movie's actually premiered. Uh, so hopefully most of you have seen it by now. And we're just going to talk a little bit about it. Uh, again, we'll be spoiling things. Turn it off if you care about spoilers. You've been warned. Okay, let's get into this. So I'm going to read the synopsis from uh, Wikipedia. And as I go, we can kind of stop and we can talk about uh, what's happened, you know, what, what we think about that scene, um, things like that. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, I was sick like three weeks ago and I still have this stupid cough. It'll go away eventually, but uh, it is not yet. Also, uh, my kitty, he's sitting in my lap right now. He's very cute. He's very sweet. Sometimes, when he's not scratching me. Uh, I have battle scars all over my hand from this fucking cat. You're the worst, you know that? That's, I've seen how you are with him. I'd say it's more your fault. I won't disagree. <clears throat> Alright, uh, so, getting into the plot of this movie. Uh, this is from Wikipedia, again. Plot. Three weeks after Thanos used the Infinity Stones to disintegrate half of all life across the universe, Carol Danvers rescues Nebula and Tony Stark from deep space. They return to Earth and join the remaining Avengers, Natasha Romanoff, Bruce Banner, Steve Rogers, Rocket, Thor, and James Rhodes. So, I almost wondered if they were going to kill off Tony Stark in this first scene here. Did you have any fears about that? I definitely got the vibe, yes. I, cause, I absolutely got the vibe that he was going to die there. Because, like, I, I was thinking, like, maybe maybe they kill him off right here, and then, like, the rest of the Avengers, they use the Time Stone, and they they uh, they turn back time, and they 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 bring him back to life, and then they, they bring back all of the, the snapped Avengers, and I, I don't know. Um... I wasn't really sure what to expect here, but uh, uh, fortunately, he had a bigger role in the film than that. Uh, he was like talking into his his helmet, recording and recording that message for Pepper Potts, mm -hmm. um, because it seemed like he was going to possibly die. You know, uh, the next morning when oxygen on the ship ran out. Right. <clears throat> um, but he was rescued by Captain Marvel at the last minute. There, uh, brought back to Earth. Um, uh, continuing on from this Wikipedia entry uh, they track down Thanos to an uninhabited planet where he is living alone as a farmer now injured Thanos tells them that he destroyed the infinity stones to make the culling of the universe irreversible Thor beheads Thanos uh, so <clears throat> uh, kind of a dick move on Thanos's part mm -hmm. destroying the infinity stones uh I don't really know. Like, I know that the, the Infinity Stones were like a, 
byproduct of the creation of the universe. But I thought it was... Uh, I didn't know if they were, like, systemically linked to the existence of the universe. Like, I, I kind of had this sense that if you destroyed the Infinity Stones, then, like, you destroy the universe or something. Mm. Actually... No, I guess that wouldn't be the case because we did see in uh, Infinity War that Scarlet Witch was able to destroy the Soul Stone. Not the Soul Stone. No, not the Soul Stone. The Mind Stone? The Mind Stone, yep. No, it wasn't the Mind Stone. It was... Um, the Power Stone? No, it wasn't the Power the Stone. The one in Vision's Head. The red one in Vision's Head, yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't red, it was yellow. Was it yellow? Was it the Mind Stone? It might have been the Mind Stone. I think it was the Mind Stone. I think they got it from Loki's staff. The Chitari staff that he had in uh, Avengers. There's someone listening and they're just screaming at us. They're just screaming about it right now. Um, <clears throat> we're going to go with the Mind Stone. Uh, so, you know, theoretically, if she could destroy one of them with zero repercussions of the universe, then you could probably destroy all of them. Um, <coughs> so, yeah, Thor beheads Thanos. And then they're like, why'd you do that? And he says, well, I went for the head, which is clearly a reference to Infinity War, where uh, he uh, he uses Stormbreaker and stabs um, uh, Thanos through the heart. Oh, and Thanos right. says, you should have gone for the head. Yep. <clears throat> uh, five years later, Scott Lang escapes the Quantum Realm and meets Romanoff and Rogers at the Avengers compound. So I was actually, I was talking with Rod about this earlier. I thought it was a little, it's a little coincidental that uh, Scott Lang gets freed from the quantum realm by a rat wandering through like the the time van, and it just like steps on a button that happens to free him, mm. and it's like five years later. Yeah, that was, was a little coincidental. Funny. Now Rod said that it should have been Goose who stepped on the button, just because I guess that movie needed more Goose. People weren't happy with the amount of Goose. The yeah. complete lack of goose in that movie. Um, but going back to that, you said the whole timeline that was in what the eighties or something, right? The goose. Yeah. So I don't know if flurkins have the same lifespan as like normal cats, but if let's say that goose were a normal cat, uh, I think so. You see him for the first time in one of Carol Danvers' flashbacks to her her mission. In, I think it was 1989, uh, and Goose looked like a fully grown cat, so you, you figure he's probably at least one year old at that point. So let's say that Goose is, let's say that, it, like, Goose is born in 1989, just, mm. just being, you know, conservative here. He's probably even older than that. Uh, let's see. Uh, Infinity War takes place in 2018. So 29 years old. Uh, Pushing 30. But... When Scott Lang gets freed from the quantum realm, it's five years after. Yeah. So it's 2023. So the cat would have been about 34, 35. 2023 minus 1989. Can't math. So 34, 34 years old if Goose is born in 1989. So that's impossibly old for a cat. Yeah. I don't know how old Flurkins lived to be. I don't know anything about the physiology of Flurkins. Um, assuming that they live about as long as cats, uh, Goose has probably been gone for a little while. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I don't even know if that's a safe assumption. Um, another thing, 
Uh, if you recall from uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Michelle Pfeiffer's character, um, Hope's mom, uh, she's in the quantum realm for like 20 or 30 years or something like that. Yes. And she gets all these super Healy powers from being in the quantum realm. Mm-hmm. Now, I know Scott Lang was only in the quantum realm for five years. Felt like five hours to him. But right. you'd think that he would have gotten something. Like, he could, like, stitch up a paper cut or something. You, you, you'd think that he'd get something from being in the quantum realm for that long. That was a little weird. Yeah, I mean, but <coughs> five hours really isn't much to learn anything, either. It was... That's true. Well, I don't know. You, you gotta figure if, uh... If he was there in his time, it felt like five hours. Uh, Hope's mom was there for, what, 20 or 30 years or something? Mm-hmm. Let's say 30 years. So that's only six times as long. So that's, like, 30 hours. That's a little, only a little, a little over a day. Yeah. Actually, that actually is a little bit of an interesting... I wouldn't say plot hole, but an interesting thing, because weren't there flashbacks in Ant-Man and the Wasp to when the dad and the mom were younger when the whole thing happened? Yeah. And she looked like she aged a lot when she came back. Yeah. Yeah, I don't... Because she would have technically not looked too much older. Yeah, it's like... that long. It's like she was there for, you know, a decade... Like a couple decades, but uh, Scott was there, you know, seemingly to him, only five hours. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, unless, like, unless it's like not a uh, a linear um, uh, correlation. Maybe it's I don't know. Maybe it fluctuates or something. The rate of time fluctuates depending on certain variables. I don't know. It still seems weird to me. Um, so moving on. Uh, Let's see, only five hours passed for, sl- for Lang instead of years, and he proposes going back in time via the quantum realm to stop Thanos. So that's probably why they did that. They're like, oh, this is, you know, a pretty key component to the actual plot of the movie. Uh, still, though, it, it, it feels like whenever you introduce time travel in the movies, there's all these, like, paradoxes that arise, and you kind of have to suspend your disbelief in order to, to really buy into it. <clears throat> uh, they asked Tony Stark for help. But Stark refuses because he now has a daughter and worries what messing up, what messing with the timeline might do to her. They then turn to Bruce Banner, who has learned to control his Hulk aspect, and he agrees to help them develop a time machine. Okay, so Tony Stark's a dad now. He's living a very humble life in a cabin in the woods. Um, they uh, they go and they meet up with Bruce Banner, who is now like who now has learned to control his his hulkiness. He's now hulk-sized and green, but he's got, like, Banner's face and mm-hmm. the glasses, and he talks like Banner. It's, it's, it's weird. It was, uh, it's funny. But That's pretty funny. It's, it's, it's funny, but it was, it was weird. And then they just roll with that the rest of the movie. Um, let's see. Uh, Stark eventually has a change of mind and helps Banner complete the project. So... Uh, yeah, so Tony Stark, he... He was playing around, really, at his cabin. Yeah, he's, he's just playing around with his... All of a sudden, he figures it out. Simulations, and he figures out how to do it. Just, you know, like, like anyone would. 
Um, time travel, am I right? So easy. But then he had the thing. The, the, the thing that stuck out to me was that the conversation that he had with Pepper, right after it. <coughs> he's basically like, "Should I just throw this in a box and throw it in the lake? Yeah. Or should I help them? Yeah. Like he's conflicted between his responsibility to help the people who aren't there today to help themselves." And uh, his obligation to his new family, considering, like, he, for years, has promised Pepper that he would stop trying to save the world. He'd stop endangering his own life. Uh, But he just, he can never seem to keep that promise. Mm -hmm. That was, you know, like a a, a major, fairly major plot point in Infinity War, where he says, like, you know, let's get married, let's have kids, yada, yada. And then he goes off and he uh, he uh, stows aboard this this spaceship that you know he might not ever come back from. Um. So let's see. Uh oh, when when Tony comes back from space, uh, he's like he looks like weak and feeble, and then he's put in a hospital bed. Yeah. Is that from the infection from? Like the the stab when he was stabbed. No, by I think Thanos, or? I think it was three weeks that he was in space without like any like very little food and water. Oh, okay, that so he's like malnourished. That makes sense. He he did make note of the infection. He he showed like, I think like Nebula like fixing his wound or something like that. Yeah, but he I think he did make note of an infection. Uh, I think so what I he said both. I think what he said was the infection ran its course. So maybe that means that there was no infection or anything at that point. Um, like it was in the rearview mirror. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah. Uh, so Stark figures out uh, the whole time travel thing. Uh, meanwhile, Banner tries uh, to take his place, but it's not... He tries to do the whole time travel thing, but it's not his area of expertise. Um, Essentially, he ended up just aging Lang. Yeah, yeah, they they sent Scott Lang through the uh through the time machine and uh he he comes back as like a teenager. Like a teenager and then an old man and then a, a baby. T- a baby and then a toddler, I think. Uh and, and then they they finally bring him back like at the the right age and he's like uh someone peed in my pants. I don't know if it was baby me or old me or just me me. <laughs> or just me me. Yeah. That was pretty funny. I, I liked how funny this movie was. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, for the most part, other than, like, Thor Ragnarok, the movies have, like, you know, they've got their funny moments, but they're not, like, funny. This right. one, I, like, I think was actually pretty funny. Yes. Uh, is maybe, like, second funniest movie to me in the MCU other than Thor Ragnarok. Because Thor Ragnarok, they, like, they, like doubled down on the, on the humor because I think they realized that like serious Thor movies weren't really, you know, hitting it off with people. <clears throat> Let's see. With New Hope, Banner and Rocket travel to Norway, where the survivors of Asgard have established a small fishing community. Uh, they then find a fatter, drunk Thor and convince him to rejoin the Avengers. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that Fat was, Thor was my favorite character. <laughs> that was that was pretty funny. Um, yeah. So they find Thor. Thor has, uh, he's put on some weight. He's now an alcoholic, clearly. Long hair, long beard. 
long hair, long beard. Um, uh, he, like, it actually, he, like, he, he really is just, like, chasing booze the whole time. Like, he, mm-hmm. he, uh, like, they get to Asgard later in the movie, and he's like, like, I have to go find my father's stash of, like, this fancy ale or whatever. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, Fat Thor was pretty funny. He, he clearly had, like, uh, he was he was clearly messed up like like you could tell ever since like that uh, that last that most recent meeting with Thanos when he beheads him that he I think he was messed up by like watching Thanos like kill half of Asgard and his brother and Heimdall in front of him at mm. the beginning of Infinity War I think he was really messed up by that Um let's see Actually, I think really more than that, not just that, but also the fact that he beheaded Thanos, and at that point, there was absolutely nothing they could do to undo what had happened. Yeah. I think that's also part of why he fell into that, uh... So, sorry, I'm just going to pause this real quick to actually talk about hockey stuff. You said that today they were going to announce who the, uh, who the Calder nominees were, and they just did. Uh... You guys listening will remember from last week, I mentioned, I predicted that the Calder nominees were going to be uh, Bennington, Pedersen, and Svechnikov. Uh, I got, I'm two for three. It's Bennington, uh, Rasmus Dahlin from the Buffalo Sabres, and Elias Pedersen from the Vancouver Canucks. I think Pedersen's going to run away with it, but... Uh, yeah, so Bennington and Darlene. Those are your uh, those are your Calder nominees. Although you guys probably know this already because you're listening to this a week after this news actually broke. So, back to Avengers. Um, let's see. Uh, Romanoff travels to Japan and finds uh, Clint Barton, who has become a vicious vigilante. Both Thor and Barton accepted... Uh, the 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 whole time heist thing. Um, so Wait, no, hang on, hang on, just real quick. Is that who they were talking about when um, what's when Rose was talking about being in Mexico looking for somebody, like monitoring someone? Is that who he was referring to, or who who was he referring to? Yeah, in yeah. Rody was talking to uh, Romanov. Uh, they he he uh, Rody said that he found like. Uh, like a bunch of people murdered or something like that, and uh, cartels. Yeah. Yeah. Natasha says like, "Oh, it's just the cartel did it," and he's like, "No, man, this is like, this is like a very pristine killing. Like, it's definitely Barton's work." Uh, and I think. Uh, okay, so he was the one that was. So he was in Mexico, and then we later find. Yeah. Okay. So there was there's that whole like really heartbreaking scene where he's with his family and he's under house arrest and they're like they're on their their farm at their farmhouse and he's. Uh, his his wife is like she's making brats or something on the grill, and he's teaching his uh, daughter how to shoot a bow and arrow, mm-hmm. and then they just vanish. They get snapped. Uh, you don't you don't see them, but you know, you know that they get snapped because um, they. Oh, cats on your turn now. Um, <clears throat> so he was pretty messed up by that clearly, and it seems like he he felt that he now had this obligation to go and uh, kill all the bad guys in the world who were not taken by Thanos uh, because, you know, the, the snap was... Uh, it, was it was in- random. Yeah, it was random. It was indiscriminate. Uh, 
poor people, rich people, good people, bad people, doesn't matter. Like, just half the universe gone. So I think Barton, he felt like he needed to do the just thing and take out the bad people who survived. <clears throat> so he was going after, like, criminals and warlords and stuff. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so, yeah, Romanov finds him in uh, to Tokyo or something like that. And he's like he's speaking Japanese, and he's fighting. I'm pretty sure it's like a yakuza like, that he was fighting. Yeah, like a yakuza boss or something. And um, uh, he it, it was it was a very anime scene, actually. It felt yeah, it was really cool. It was it was really cool. It was, yeah. like it was really. He's got like the hood covering his face, and he's like you know just like saying badass things in Japanese. Like you'll never get away with it. Yeah, then uh, Romanov shows up and she recruits him for the, the whole time heist thing. Um, <clears throat> so let's see, they've accepted. Uh, the reunited Avengers split into several groups. Uh, Banners, Rogers, Lang, and Stark traveled to New York City in 2012. Uh, while Banner visits the Sanctum Sanctorum to implore the Ancient One to give him the Time Stone. Okay, so... This part was actually, like, I loved this whole second act of the movie because it kind of felt like a, like a, like a Marvel greatest hits of sorts. Mm -hmm. Like, they travel back to all these movies that we'd already seen, um, <clears throat> which I think is... Uh, now, I'd spent, like, the month leading up to Endgame, like, re-watching the MCU, so a lot of this stuff was pretty fresh in my mind, which I, I, I'm grateful for. Um, <clears throat> because I got a lot of the, like the subtle references and stuff and the callbacks, and uh, so, um, yeah. So they travel back to New York in 2012. They have a limited number of pin particles, which they need to time travel uh, to get there and get back. Essentially, is all they all they had just one each to travel back in time and then to get back. Yeah. To the present. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Banner, Rogers, Lang, and Stark. They go to New York City in 2012, which was when the events of the Avengers are happening. And they knew that three stones were in New York at that time. So they had the... Uh, the Time Stone? They had the, the, uh, the Tesseract, which is the Space Stone. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Loki's Staff, which is the Mind Stone. Mm -hmm. And then the Time Stone, which is in the, the Eye of whatever at uh that uh, uh is in dr strange uh it's in the the new york sanctum there mm -hmm. so they split up um uh tony and uh cap they go after the uh the tesseract they they like stage a heist they steal the tesseract in like the suitcase no they went for both it, it was lang stark and Captain America. It was the three of them that went together. Cause, because yeah. the Tesseract and the Mindstone were both there. The staff. Yeah, yeah, they were in the same place. The The Tesseract was in the suitcase and then the staff was... Well, the staff was in a bigger suitcase. I think Cap... Cap went for the staff. Yeah, Cap got the staff and then Tony and Scott went after the Tesseract. Yep. So Cap gets the staff, he's walking away, and then he runs into 2012 Cap, and he has a fight with himself. And I love how, uh, like, leading up to that, um, uh, Tony makes the whole, like, smart-ass remark. He's looking at Captain America's ass in 2012, and he's like, Cap, that, that suit did nothing for your ass, or whatever. And then uh, Scott, like, he comes to his defense. He's like, Cap, as I think your ass looks great. As far as I'm concerned, that's America's ass. Yeah. 
and then after uh, after present day Cap knocks out 2012 Cap, uh, 2012 Cap is laying on the ground with his ass up in the air, and uh, Cap's like, you know what? You're right. That is America's ass. <laughs> that I thought another that was hilarious, another really funny moment in the movie. That and then the when they're first fighting too, it's like um, I can do this all day. Yeah. And then present Cap's like, yes. I know. <laughs> I know. Yes, that was another callback to the first Captain America. Just all these little callbacks. I love it. Um, yeah, that was so good. He just, like, he knows what a pain in the ass he is, how just fucking stubborn he is. I love it. Um, so, yeah, while they're doing that, Hulk goes to the Sanctum Santorum. Sanctum Sanctorum. I almost, I almost said Santorum, like Rick Santorum, <laughs> the guy who ran for president in 2012. Um, Santorum's also like a nasty thing. Don't don't search uh, Santorum on uh, uh, Urban Dictionary. Um, <clears throat> so uh, yeah, Hulk goes there and he meets the um, uh, the Ancient One, and uh, uh, Hulk says, "I'm looking for Doctor Strange." The Ancient One, this is 2012, this is five years before before, before 2017's Doctor Strange. And she says, uh, you're about five years too early, Doctor Strange is performing surgery across town. Mm-hmm. Which is cool, because like, she, she's very aware of like time and what's going to happen and what has happened and things like that. Um, and while they're conversing, uh, she, she knocks... Um, she knocks banners like spirit, spiritual. Self yeah, she separated. Design. She separated Hulk from Banner. Uh, what was it? Or Banner from Hulk. She separated. Uh, what was the? His I can't remember the term, but his his like his spirit self. She mm-hmm. she like knocks that out of him, and he's like floating around talking to her, and you know of course he can't touch her because he's just like a ghost. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so he has to convince her to give up the time stone. Yeah. So he's trying to talk her into that, and this part I thought was a little bit weird because you know she knows she knows the future. She knows that. Um, she knows that in five years, Doctor Strange is going to be, you know, he's going to come to her doorstep and he's going to get his powers and he's going to become the next uh, uh, guardian of the, the, uh, the sanctum. <clears throat> and, uh, but she doesn't know that he gives the time stone to Thanos. So, uh, but I think you can reasonably write that off as just like her only knowing what's going to happen up through her death. Right. Because she dies in 2017 in... Uh, my cat's going to jump on the liquor cabinet. I know it. Don't do it, cat. Don't do it, you. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah. Once she learns that Strange gave the time stone willingly to Thanos, she realizes that she's made a mistake and clearly Doctor Strange knows what's going to happen and there's... Uh, 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 she, like she trusts him, she knows that it's like he like did there was it. a reason why he did it. Yes, so she willingly gives the time stone to Banner. Uh, he goes and he regroups with everybody else. Um, <clears throat> but uh, as they're trying to steal the Tesseract, uh, like a bunch of chaos ensues. It falls out of the suitcase at Loki's feet. He picks it up. He vanishes. God knows where. 
I wonder if this will ever come up again, actually. Or maybe... Maybe that's why he has the Tesseract in Infinity War? No, no, he has the Tesseract in Infinity War because the Tesseract was on Asgard in Thor Ragnarok, and as he's going down to the, the fucking... The, the, the magic items storage closet to get the, the skull of the fire guy to throw into the fire. Um, he passes the, there's a scene where he passes the Tesseract and he's like, he kind of stops and he's like, Oh, and then, you know, Mm -hmm. it's implied that he steals it. Right. Um, so yeah, after the plan to get the Tesseract fails, Cap and Tony go back to the seventies to that, uh, to that military base. And all this is like, sort of a little bit of throwback to uh, Captain America because there are like uh, uh, like Peggy Carter's there mm-hmm. she of course is the, the woman that Steve Rogers is in love with um, <clears throat> uh, so they go back there knowing that uh, not only would the Tesseract be there but there would also be Pym particles there because Hank Pym had kept some on that military base right. at the same time so they go back there. They steal both. Tony meets up with his dad. So uh, they have this little, like... Uh, uh, Howard Stark doesn't realize that he's talking to his son, of course. Mm. But they have this whole, like, father-son bonding moment. And I think it was really therapeutic for Tony. Oh, yeah. Because he's always kind of had that rift with his dad. And I think he's always kind of desired some kind of resolution there which he never really had and this kind of gave it to him so that was a real feel-good moment and it's it's not a reunion that you ever expect to happen it's kind of only possible through time travel Mm -hmm. Uh, and of course cap is there and he lays eyes on peggy carter and he's like like just you know imagine being apart from the love of your life for uh uh, 10 years plus all the time that you were in uh, in the ice well mm. I, I mean I guess <clears throat> I guess he did meet her when she was old and like he was a pallbearer at her funeral <clears throat> but so he sees young Peggy Carter the woman he fell in love with and he's like captivated for a second and uh, so they leave they get more pimp articles so now they can go back to the regular time uh, while they are out doing that uh, let's see. Um, just reading through here. Uh, Rocket and Thor traveled to Asgard in 2013 to extract the ether, which is actually the reality stone, from Jane Foster. Uh, Thor obtains his former hammer, Mjolnir. Barton and Romanoff travel to... Oh, that's... I'll talk about that later. So, yeah, uh... Thor and Rocket go to Asgard in 2013 during the events of Thor the Dark World. <clears throat> they get the ether. While they're there, Thor meets up with his mother. Mm-hmm. And he has, like, a similar, like, cathartic, like, uh, like resolution sort of uh, moment that um, Tony has with Howard. Right. Um, yeah, because he realizes that... that, that that specific moment that they travel to was the day that she dies. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and he tries to tell her. And she... She's very wise. She understands that this is not, you know, her son, like, from the present time. From her time. This is, like, a future version of her son. 
and she won't let him warn her that she's going to die that day because you know she understands that you can't fuck a, you can't fuck with timelines and mm-hmm. things like that so <clears throat> that was another like moving reunion that you know you kind of don't expect but it's it's really cool that it was there like the that yeah. whole sorry say and like i think that whole <clears throat> event like that whole interaction that he had with her helped turn him around to finally like be fully focused on the mission and everything too yeah yeah um he still like beer though yeah <laughs> um <clears throat> uh what were you gonna say uh oh i was I, I was gonna say that uh that whole like second act the whole time heist it like not only did it serve as like this this mcu greatest hits thing like i mentioned earlier but it's like it's it kind of it ties up these loose ends and i don't mean like plot loose ends but these like these characters who were you know either estranged from other characters or they uh you know they were they were separated or someone died like uh prematurely and like maybe there was no real chance to say goodbye, and there's just like now there's this resolution for these people, mm-hmm. and uh, it's like there's a lot of feel good moments in there. <clears throat> so yeah, they get the ether back um, from uh, from Jane Foster. Uh, Thor Thor totally stole Mjolnir from 2013, and then took him back to the present time with him. I. I guess, I mean, that would have sucked for 2013 Thor, because he now just mysteriously doesn't have Mjolnir anymore. But I guess, like, that's another one of those situations where, like, uh, uh, as the Ancient One was conversing with Bruce Banner, she mentions that, like, when you steal an Infinity Infinity Stone from a timeline, it creeps, like, a branching timeline, and you have Mm -hmm. to return the Infinity Stones. And I think it's just, it's part of that branching timeline, which was presumably fixed when... Cap goes back later in the movie. Right. And returns the Infinity Stones. Um, <clears throat> but I just thought it was kind of a dickish move to steal the, the hammer from himself. Yeah, but I mean, hey, it <coughs> played a pretty big role later on. It, so. it did. That it did. Um, let's see. So while they're on Asgard, uh, Barton and Romanov tra- travel to Vormir in 2014, which is during the events of the original Guardians of the Galaxy. Vormir is the planet where uh, Thanos and Gamora went to get the Soul Stone. Uh, That's where uh, Red Skull greets Thanos and Gamora. He tells Thanos that the only way to get the Soul Stone is to give up the thing that he loves the most, and, you know, he throws Gamora over the edge, Mm -hmm. and she dies. Uh, So, as as Barton and Romanoff are there, uh, they get the same pep talk from Red Skull, they realize that one of them has to commit suicide, and then they get into a little tussle over, like, you know, everyone, they both want to be the the hero who, who does it so that the other one can live. Mm-hmm. Uh, it ends up being Natasha Romanoff, uh, Black Widow. She takes her own life. Uh, Barton, who is, like, her best friend in the world, they, you know, he's crushed, but he knows, you know, he's got to take the Soul Stone back and you know, do his whole thing. Yep. Um, I... Then... We forgot to t- touch up on the whole um, Rhodes and Nebula too. We have we have not gotten to there. Yeah. Uh, 
what was what, what was the planet that they went to? Uh, we'll get to that in just a second. Okay. But uh, I just wanted real quick. I wanted to say that on Vormir, when um, when Black Widow dies, I I felt like I it felt almost a little unceremonious to me, like like she dies and it's you know it's really sad. But like it didn't it didn't really sink in to me that she was like dead forever mm-hmm. until like the end of the movie where you know all the everyone who got snapped is back but like the you know, the people who died in the final battle are gone and then they mention that you know Romanov is gone yeah and I was like oh shit she's dead too like I was just like I was just mourning the death of all these like these other people and I forgot about her so yeah <clears throat> I, I feel like she could have been emphasized a little bit more throughout the rest of the movie mm-hmm. somehow I, I feel like she didn't have to... Like, I don't think they did it such ceremoniously for her because, like, aren't they currently in the works for her <coughs> own standalone yeah. film? I feel like had they done a Black Widow film, they probably could have done a more ceremonious ending for her. Possibly. It's 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 weird, though. Yeah, they did say that she is going to reprise her role as Black Widow in a standalone film. I don't think... Uh, I don't think that's even entered, like, the pre-production phase yet. I think, like, they're still working out logistically, you know, logistical things and stuff. But you would assume at this point that it's going to be, like, a prequel or an origin story. Mm -hmm. Actually, I would love a Black Widow origin story because she has such a cool origin story. You know, being, like, raised as, like, a sleeper agent by the KGB and, like, a trained assassin. It's, like, it sounds so cool. I I would love to see her get a... A standalone origin story like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it'd be a little weird to shoehorn her origin story like after her death, like into like phase four or five of the MCU. Right. Um, but I I don't know. Maybe they'll do it through like a flashback. They'll like they'll fucking see like uh, like Hawkeye and Falcon, and they're like sitting around talking, and they're like, "Oh, hey, remember Romanov?" And, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, like, oh, yeah, what's her story? Oh, well, I'll tell you. And then, like, <laughs> flashbacks. And then, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Uh, so, as you mentioned, uh, while um, uh, Barton and Romanov are uh, getting the Soul Stone, uh, Rhodey and Nebula are off looking for the Power Stone. The Power Stone, yep. At the, I think it's just called the Temple of the Power Stone. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, well, that was where they went, but I forgot what the planet was that they were at. Uh, I think it started with an M. Let's see if I can find it. Um, Morag. Morag, okay. Morag. The, the planet's called Morag. So they go there, and that's the planet that you see in the beginning of the original Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, Peter Quill goes there, and he steals the orb. Um and he tries to like sell it to the guy like early in the film and um <clears throat> and the guy's like oh i don't want anything to do with like cuz thanos is looking for this i don't want anything to do with him um but yeah the orb actually contained the power stone the power stone was later uh uh acquired by oh, what's that kree guy's name um with the with the headdress and the the blue face and um I'm trying to blame. 
But, like, that part, that seemed, like, that whole scene to me, like, with Rhodey and Nebula, that really stuck out to me, too, because at that that point, um, in that past timeline, Thanos, or um, Gamora and Nebula are fighting for Thanos, trying to find the stone. Mm-hmm. And then they get back to the ship, and Thanos is, what was it, like, his captain or, like, his general or whatever starts running some <clears throat> tests on Nebula. The the Ma. The, yeah. The guy looks like Squidward. Yeah. Starts running those tests on Nebula and they discover that there's, like, an intrusion, basically. Yeah, so Nebula, she's hooked up to some, like, remote network or something like that. And when the two Nebulas exist in the same time, they're both accessing, like, the same network. Uh, 2014, Nebula starts, like, freaking out and she's, like, projecting... I don't know, like, images of, like, the conversations that yeah, she's Rodian, had and stuff like that. Yeah, and past Nebula's conversation, or yeah. present Nebula's conversation. Yeah, so, uh, uh, the Ma hog ties her, they look at her memories and stuff, they figure out that there's two Nebulas, uh, Thanos, 2014 Thanos sends 2014 Nebula to go capture, uh, 2023, like, present day Nebula, who's now good, um, that's kind of where shit goes sideways. Um, yeah. So, uh, Rhodey gets returned to his own time. Um, uh, 2014 Nebula takes present day Nebula's place. She steals the little, like, metal piece from her yeah, head. The, the so she looks. looked like the other one. Yeah. So she goes back. Um, as all the Avengers return to the present time, they realize that uh, they've lost Romanov. And, you know, there's a little, like, sad moment. They mourn her death. They're like, we gotta, you know, keep doing this. Um, we gotta continue on with the mission. Uh, as they are, like... Uh, so Tony assembles, like, an Iron Man Infinity Gauntlet thing. Mm-hmm. They put all the stones in there. Uh, as they're doing that... Thor uh, wants to be the one to use it. Yeah, Thor wants to be the one to use it. And everyone's like, no, you're not really in your right mind right now, buddy. Uh, they let Banner use it. Banner uses it. As he's doing that, um, 2014 Nebula, who's disguised as present-day Nebula, she goes and uses the time machine to bring 2014 uh, Thanos and Thanos' army to the present day. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, let's see, yeah. Uh, Banner uses the, the glove. He snaps it. It, like, it's, it does you know, its thing. It does its thing. Everyone gets returned. Um, but you don't see them yet. Yeah, um, was it Lang was the one that like goes out towards the window and sees like the birds and like nature and stuff and he's like I think it works yeah and then all of a sudden just Thanos' ship just rains yeah. hell on shows them. up and just decimates their uh, their HQ. clubhouse there um, interesting side note I wonder like when you see when you see like Doctor Strange and uh uh, like Spider-Man and everybody show up later, you see that they're coming from Titan, which mm. is where they were when they got snapped. Does it return people to where they were at the time that they got snapped? I think you, so. You gotta figure there's gonna be, like, complications there. Like, there are changes to, like... There's gotta be, like, changes to geography. And, like, you know, planets, like, orbit around stars and things like that. So mm. <laughs> would a bunch of people, like... Like, like intelligently get returned to like the same relative location on the planet where they 
got snapped, but like if maybe there's a mountain that wasn't that's not there anymore, like they're on the ground safe, or do they get like you'd think that they would like get returned to some random point in space where like the planet was when they got snapped, and then the planet's you know orbiting like it, it, it makes sense what I'm saying. Yeah, it there's a little bit of movie magic in there, I think. Yeah, but I mean I. Again, it's yeah. Not, that's, it's, that's going way too into it. Though. It's it's very nitpicky. It's I think it's within the realm of like, like I'm willing to suspend my disbelief to enjoy this movie. Right. <clears throat> very nitpicky. Uh, let's see. So let me keep reading through here, huh? Um, uh, let's see. Twenty fourteen Gamora games possess compassion for and see. No wait. Hold on. I jumped. Jumped ahead a little bit. With all the Infinity Stones collected in the present, Banner uses them to resurrect everyone who's Thanos disintegrated. 2014 Nebula uses the time machine to transport Thanos in his ship to present day, and he attacks the Avengers compound. 2014 Gamora gains compassion for and frees future Nebula. So, yeah, she's like, whatever you've been through, you're suddenly a nice person, so, like, something's gotta be up. So, like, you're probably fighting on the right side. Um, let's see. Uh, so, uh, so, uh, present day Nebula kills 2014 Nebula. Yeah. So only the good Nebula is left. Thanos then teleports to the surface to fight the Avengers in person. He tells them that he will use the Infinity Stones to destroy the universe and create a new one, a better one. Okay. So, so he's, Thanos says like, uh, I know what what went wrong before um what i should have done is erase like in, instead of wiping out half the universe and leaving half the universe who remembers the universe as it was before i should have wiped out everybody and just made a new universe from scratch mm -hmm. so that's what he says he's going to do uh as soon as you know his uh uh his his generals his army his his uh, first in command, as, as soon as they go and get the uh, the, the, the Infinity Gauntlet. Um, we got about 14 minutes before this thing stops recording. Um, so, let's see. Uh, Thanos overpowers the Avengers and summons his army to lay siege to Earth. Uh, Stephen Strange arrives with reinforcements, including a few... Okay, so, as... Uh, so, you know, Thanos, he, like, he gives these guys the one-two... Uh, you're left with uh, Captain America standing down, facing down Thanos and his army, and then suddenly you hear uh, you hear Falcon, who was snapped, come on the radio, and he says, "Hey, Cap, can you hear me?" And like uh, the uh, Strange's portals, just a bunch of them open up, mm -hmm. and then all these people, all these Avengers who were snapped, and like the Asgardians, uh, like um, uh, Valkyrie, you know, Tessa Thompson's character. Like, all these people, they come through. Wakanda. Wakanda, yeah. Uh, Black Panther and everybody. Spider-Man. Um, uh, Scarlet Witch shows up. Everybody. They get into a big fight with, uh, with uh, uh, Thanos. And it's just a really cool moment. Just, like, so cool to see all these, all these folks who had been snapped before come back. And just this epic battle ensues. And during that battle, you see uh, it cuts to a part where... Uh, you see Mjolnir, you know, Thor's hammer, it like levitates off the ground and then it flies to Captain America's hand. Mm -hmm. And he's now wielding Mjolnir. As was teased in Age of Ultron. 
where they're all standing around trying to, you know, they're, they're at the party and they're all trying to lift Thor's hammer and Thor's all cocky. He's like, ah, only I'm the chosen one. But Steve Rogers manages to like wiggle it a little bit and Thor's like freaked out and he's like, oh. and then, um, uh, oh, later on in the movie, Vision is able to handle it. Um, Vision is now, of course, dead for realsies forever um, <clears throat> because he was killed by Thanos. <coughs> um, lost my train of thought. But yeah, and then like at the end of that movie, they uh, they had this whole conversation like, oh, if you put the hammer in an elevator and you know, is the elevator worthy? Things like that. But yeah, so like Cap is using uh, uh, Mjolnir the whole time. So that was that was another really cool moment. The theater erupted in applause when that happened. Um, so uh, the battle goes on. Um, Captain Marvel shows up. She takes out the uh, Thanos' ship. ship. Yep. That was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, because she's the strongest Avenger. Um, and then it comes <laughs> down to like uh, they get the Infinity Gauntlet. They uh, uh, it's it's Tony Stark and Thanos like fighting over it um uh Thanos gets it he's about to use it he snaps nothing happens it turns out that it's all like a ruse by Doctor Strange he's like created an illusion or something like that or they 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 stole the infinity stones or uh yeah 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 they got the uh the real gauntlet Mm -hmm. um Tony Stark has it he uses it he says uh I am Iron Man snaps his hand uh, uh snaps his finger uh, kills Thanos and his army, makes them all disappear. Of course, uh, Tony Stark, being immortal, he is uh, not powerful enough to use the Infinity Gauntlet without repercussions. Uh, you think? Well, no, I guess he. I was gonna say you'd think that he could like give it back to the Hulk or something. Well, Banner was but, already hurt too. Yeah, or give it to Thor or Captain Marvel or something. Um, I don't know. But I guess, you know, like, time is of the essence, because, you know. Yeah. So I guess, you know, he had to do what he had to do. Uh, so he uses it, and uh, after um, after Thanos and his army are all wiped out, uh, uh, Tony Stark dies right there on the battlefield. And there's this whole emotional moment where Pepper comes over and she says, it's okay, Tony, you can rest now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I cried like a big bitch during this scene. <laughs> Uh, <clears throat> I guess a- Ashley, uh, our friend Ashley, who's also a big Iron Man fil- fan, uh, like myself, uh, she's telling Mel that she like ugly, ugly cried during that scene. I bet. <laughs> she's like, I'm glad I didn't go with you guys opening night because I ugly cried. And Mel's like, oh, don't worry. Luke ugly cried too. Yeah, that's why we were joking afterwards <laughs> that we need to find out what theater she was going at to <laughs> be an emotional support group for her. Yep. Meet her outside. Like, I'm so sorry. Um... <clears throat> Uh, yeah, so then after that, they, they have this whole funeral for Tony, and then they, they put down the, uh, like, from the, the first Iron Man film, the, the, the... The original arc reactor. Yeah, the arc reactor that, with, like, the ring around it that says, uh, proof that Tony Stark has a heart, and they, like, they float it out onto the, the lake, the and lake. it's, like, super emotional, and you see the shot of Happy with, uh, with, I think her name's Morgan? Uh, I think it was, Tony yeah. and Pepper's daughter. And she's like, I want a cheeseburger. And he's like, your dad liked cheeseburgers. And that's a throwback. Another reference to the original Iron Man where he comes back from, I think it was Afghanistan. Oh, yeah. Uh, after he's a cheeseburger. He's like, yep. I want a cheeseburger. I want an American cheeseburger. Yep. And then he goes and gets Burger King and does a whole press conference thing. 
Mm. Um, so uh, they yeah, I like how they were like kind of just like panning from side to side, like the characters, like yeah, you uh, see everybody Park, there, like Peter Parker and mm. Aunt May, and then it like whoever was beside like next to them and then just like panning left and right yeah yeah and um uh, you see nick fury in the background he of course got snapped in uh the uh the post-credits scene of uh infinity war (laughs) yep right before he summons captain marvel um and then there's the whole scene where uh cap has to go back and return the infinity stones to where they were to erase well, the alternate timelines prior to that though like right like at, at the funeral too like right after it mm-hmm. um was it hawkeye and um was it scarlet witch elizabeth olsen's character yes yeah. they have that like conversation with each other talking about black widow yeah i i think they might have mentioned vision too yeah, like she lost vision, and, and uh, he lost. He lost his friend Natasha. Yeah, so they had that like little heart to heart there. Yeah, that that was like the moment I mentioned earlier when I realized like kind of how yeah, they didn't do unceremoniously they yeah. they killed off Natasha's character, and but still though, um, really sad. And then they lead into uh, 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 what is it? Uh, Banner and uh, Falcon are there and I think someone else is there I can't remember Bucky was Bucky yeah yes it was Bucky yeah Uh, Banner, Bucky and Falcon they're there they're about to send Cap back to the past to return the Infinity Stones to erase the the branching timelines that um, uh, the Ancient One had warned them about as they're about to leave uh, uh, Cap says to Bucky don't do anything stupid and Bucky says uh, you're taking all the stupid with you, which is a throwback to the first uh, Captain America when Bucky's about to get shipped off to war, and Cap has to stay behind. Well, Steve Rogers has to stay behind. He's not Captain America yet mm-hmm. uh, because he's a, a shrimp. And um, uh, so, yes, an, uh, yet another callback. Um, he leaves. He's gone for like the requisite five seconds or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, they expect him to return, and he doesn't. They look over, and they're you know they're concerned at first, and then they look over, and they realize that there's old Cap sitting on a bench looking over the lake. Uh, turns out that after returning the Infinity Stones, he went back to be with uh, Peggy Carter and live out his life just the way that uh, he wanted. Um, he gives his shield to Falcon. And I guess there is a there's a canon in the in the comics where Falcon does become Captain America. Okay. Um I expected it to be Bucky who becomes Captain America because I think that was also a thing that happens in the comics. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> So uh and then after that they they show like a flashback of young Cap and young Peggy Carter like dancing in the living room, in their house, yeah. which is just a really cathartic moment because just the and like throughout the entire series, uh, whenever you see Cap, he's got like uh, he's got his uh, his little locket with uh, with Peggy's picture in it, and like all he wanted, like he's just like obsessed with how he never got that last dance mm-hmm. with uh, with Peggy at the end of uh, First Captain America, so it was. That was another thing, like Tony meeting his dad or Thor meeting his mom again, where it's like 
the reunion that you didn't expect but you really wanted. Right. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, and then just going real back really quick too. I feel like that whole scene with Banner and the old um, Guardian mm-hmm. that was like probably one of the most hypercritical scenes to the whole film mm-hmm. because without that scene they don't realize that whole like screwing up the timelines thing there even then i felt like um so you're you're right you're right because she tells them about like the branching timelines and everything and how you got to return the infinity stones after you're done with them but uh there's also i feel like the film it lays out some rules regarding like time travel and then it proceeds to break those rules like they yeah, say, like you must not be seen. They say, uh, they say that if you if you go back in time and make a change in the past, it doesn't affect your original time. Like they explicitly say this, mm-hmm. it doesn't affect your original timeline. It creates a branching timeline. Um, there was no mention of like specifically when the Infinity Stones are involved. Uh, <clears throat> but. Um, Uh, like when when Captain America goes back at the end of the movie to return the Infinity Stones, and then they see him like sitting on the bench as old Steve Rogers, mm-hmm. it means that you know he went back in time and then he affected that original timeline. It's kind of confusing to talk about, but like they they said earlier in the movie that that's not possible, and then they went and they did it. So the movie kind of violated its own time travel rules, which. You know, there's always a degree with like superhero films of uh, like willing. You have you got to be willing to suspend your disbelief a little bit. Uh, like, you know, some of the event like some of the Avengers are gods, and some of them got their powers from explosions and mm. new, uh, like gamma radiation and things like that. But like, I feel like when you do create a set of rules like that, you you got to try really hard not to break them because it's it's illusion shattering. So that bothered me, but um, in general, I really liked this movie. I thought it was uh, it was very fan servicey, it was very cathartic. Um, I thought that I thought that it was like aside from like the the plot holes, uh, it was it was very well thought out. Um, because going into Endgame, what I expected was, like, they were going to find Thanos, they were going to fight him. Uh, I thought that they were going to spend, like, I, I guess my original expectation for the movie was that they would spend, like, half of it looking for Thanos, a quarter of it, you know, like, going to where he is and fighting him, and whatever, and then they'd use the time stone to turn back time to before everyone got snapped, and mm-hmm. uh, then, like, the, the final act of the movie would be them like killing Thanos for real and then maybe someone like the, like some major characters die in the last battle and whatever <clears throat> um but that wasn't at all what it was yeah like they they beheaded him like 10 minutes into the movie and I was like oh well that's not what I expected and then they do this whole time heist thing which was actually just a conduit for uh, again this like MCU greatest hits montage and uh like just all these like the time travel allowed them to have all these uh, these uh, these emotional reunions with characters that you thought that they were never going to see again. Yeah, and I feel like that's what where 
that that was the whole plot of the movie, essentially. Yeah. Going back in time to reverse every to try to reverse the timeline. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it was like if you split the movie into three acts, like the first act is just showing how hopeless their situation is. Just instilling you with a sense of dread and it's like it's like dystopian. And then the second act is the whole time heist and that's, you know, it's just full of like throwbacks and like reunions and it's just like all this cool like uh sort of um uh it's you know a little more complex a little bit more you know thought out and uh again in spite of the plot holes i i really liked it and then the third act was that final battle where like everyone comes back and you see all the avengers on screen together at the same time avengers assemble yes and cap finally says it he says avengers assemble there was i think it was um what movie was it i want to say it was age of ultron or something like that they uh it was the end of the movie and they've got the avengers compound and it's cap and just this group of like 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 eight you know people who you don't really care that much about and uh cap's like uh, avengers and then it cuts to black and you know he was going to say assemble but you didn't really get to hear him say that and then finally for the first time in the entire mcu as far as i know you get to hear him actually say the thing he says avengers assemble cool yeah I, I really want to go see it again yeah I'll for sure see it again um I uh the first time you see a movie you know it's real special because it's all new but mm. then the second time you can kind of go into it with like knowing like what a little bit more context maybe appreciating the uh like the foreshadowings at the beginning and uh, yeah, like you know, focusing like on the finer details of the, of yeah. the movie. Yeah, you can really hone in on things you didn't notice before. And I feel like, like particularly with this movie, where there's so many like subtle callbacks and references, there are probably going to be things that I noticed the second time around that I missed the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, do you got anything else? No. Because that's it. Uh... In a couple months, we got uh, Spider-Man: Far From Home, and that is the the final entry of Phase Three, Phase Four, Phase Three. And I have no idea. Avengers: Age of Ultron. Yeah, Phase Three. Yeah, that's the final entry to Phase Three. Um, I don't actually know where that takes place, like in the timeline. If that takes place in. 2023 or if that's like a like a prequel to Infinity War but I I think it takes place before then I know there are trailers that come out that have come out and maybe the the details are confirmed but I don't I tend to avoid trailers just because trailers spoil everything these days um so I'm not really sure anyway I really like this movie it wasn't perfect it was very much a superhero movie but at the same time it was very feel good and cathartic and um, by Marvel movie standards, pretty well thought out. Oh yeah, I think. Um, so, I I only wish that I could like Men in Black myself, so I could see it again for the first time. 
Yeah, same. Especially because, like, Mel Meredith and I were right in front of some kids that kept asking, Ugh. like, kept talking at, like, certain parts of the movie. Like, yeah. the most annoying part was, like, they kept saying, who's that? Like, oh, my God. Yeah, I, I heard Mel shush them a couple times. Oh, okay, that's who it was. I, I heard I heard the shushing, but I thought it was, like, their mom or something. <clears throat> I didn't realize it was Mel. Yeah, it's definitely her. My my wife is so like done with just people and public places that she, uh, she like no longer hesitates to like be an asshole. Uh, I've kind of gotten the same way. <laughs> I get a couple drinks into me and oh god, yeah, and, you oh my and, god, and send me to a sporting event and I'll like if there are annoying people around me, I'll you know, fucking make some noise. Um. So, yeah, that's, that's all I have for Avengers. Maybe it's about time I go back and I watch some of those TV shows. Yeah. Uh, I don't see very many of them. I have to watch the entire MCU. Yeah? Because I've not actually seen them all, so... Which ones are you missing? A lot of them. Which ones? Thor. You haven't seen the original Thor? Captain America. Mm. You haven't seen the original Captain America? Nope. Or Winter Soldier. The only one I saw was Civil War. Really? Yep. I didn't see any of the Thor movies. I haven't seen Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, haven't seen Hulk. Although that's not, is that in the timeline? It is okay. Um, but it 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 just feels so. The thing about the like the Incredible Hulk, the one that came out in two thousand eight, is that like there's just so much about it that like that kind of severs its ties to the rest of the MCU that I almost recommend not seeing it. Like, uh, in the rest of the movies in was, the MCU... Was it Ruffalo, though? Was, was it no, it was Edward Norton. Ruffalo? Okay. It was Edward Norton. They changed the, they changed the actor. Uh, in that movie, he had a... Uh, 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 Liv Tyler was his love interest. She's never seen again. Uh, there's like this general, this military general guy who's like hunting him down the whole movie and, uh, he's never seen again. Uh, like the only, basically the only thing that ties, uh, uh, the Hulk to the rest of the MCU is that there's the post credit scene where Tony Stark walks into a bar and he meets up with that general and he says like, Hey general, can you help us find that Hulk guy? We're, we're putting a team together. You know, this, this is before mm. the original Avengers, so like, okay. uh, they were still really heavy on like teasing that stuff. So I haven't even but. seen the first two original Avengers either. Really? No. God, you're missing so much. I'm missing a lot. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta. I think what it was was because like I watched the the like the three Iron Mans mm -hmm. and like those other Spider Mans and stuff, mm -hmm. and I think I just got too burned out with them. So as they like all these new superhero movies started coming out, I'm just like, yeah. Yeah. It wasn't until we really started hanging out that I started like all these other ones started mm -hmm. watching them more, so. Yeah. You should you should go back, rewatch them all. I think you'll I think I think you'll even appreciate Endgame more if you uh Oh, most likely. If you can, yeah. If you can see like the original Avengers and the, the original Captain America and stuff like that. Um yeah, uh, the first Thor and the first Captain America are a little rough around the edges. Um, uh, Winter Soldier is very good. Um, there were some callbacks to Winter Soldier too in that film. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely go watch them. 
so that's all we got. Um, thank you for listening to our non-Blackhawks-related podcast. Hopefully we'll be back very soon with more Blackhawks-relevant content. Um, I'm Luke. This is Abe. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Bye.